It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Another late win, another appearance of fourth quarter Franz, and of course the big news of the day, Jonathan Isaac's going to be back on a basketball court later tonight. Let's dive to it. A lot to get to here on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 11th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman. I am the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic with a big late game gut check, doing all the things they didn't do against the Sacramento Kings, still needing to hang on by a thread, but getting the job done. What we learned from the Orlando Magic's win over the Portland Trailblazers. We'll go through the final box score, plus Jonathan Isaac's long journey back to the basketball court is nearing its end as he will take the floor for the Lakeland Magic tonight against the Westchester Knicks. We'll have complete coverage of that game tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about that long journey coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Coming off of Monday's game against the, the Sacramento Kings, um, as I said on, on, on Monday, uh, on Tuesday morning, um, that game showed everything the Magic can't be. They cannot be passive. They cannot be, uh, they can't be settling for threes. They can't be settling on the perimeter. And look, 
these are kind of the demons the Magic are going to be haunted by throughout the course of the season because it's really easy to get sucked into a three-point shooting game. It's really easy to get sucked into a game where you are just jacking up shots, settling for settling for shots, unwilling to get into the paint. Scoring in the paint is really hard. It's the most sustainable way to score and the most sustainable way to to uh, kind of turn things turn things over. But it's really hard. You got it takes a physical toll. It's 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 brutal. But that's the identity this Magic team has chosen to have. That's it just naturally developed. I, I didn't expect the Magic to be this way. They've naturally developed this identity of being able to get into the paint, get to the basket, get to the rim when they need to score, and that's when they are playing at their best. It picks their whole energy up. It makes them aggressive. It makes them it makes them just a better team, a much more dangerous team. And the Portland Trailblazers found that out, out in both the beginning of the first and the third quarters as Orlando raced out to double-digit leads. Um, the Magic looked ready to play. They looked like they were angry about Monday's loss. And that's exactly the response you wanted to see uh, from what was probably the worst defensive performance of the season so far. Of course, Portland is a very good team. They have their own bevy of players who are able to get in the paint as well. And the Magic's defense was great when it was great and was awful when it was awful. And this game just came down to the fourth quarter. Um, to, to be honest. Um, Orlando started the second half on a 15-0 run. They led by nine after three quarters. They were really fighting to keep Portland at bay. Um, especially in the minutes Wendell Carter was out. Um, they struggled at times to box out Yusuf Narkic and to keep Yusuf Narkic out of the lane. Narkic is a load of big dude. Um, Portland was able to get to the basket. They were able to turn the moments when the Magic weren't taking good shots and weren't and were settling for shots in into baskets but this is this is the real impressive part about what the magic did and and this is honestly you know regardless of how the game ultimately ended up and 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 you know yes Portland missed a ton of three-pointers um I noted this um uh, on my preview post on onlinemagicdaily.com a lot of people consider the first game back from a West Coast from a from a long road trip, and, and Portland only took a three game road trip, but it was out east. A lot of people consider that first game back from a road trip to be a schedule loss because, you're, especially if you don't have time off, like they played what uh, Sunday night. Um, when you don't have that time off, you, you it takes a while to get your legs back under you. Um, it still feels like a road trip. Portland looked like they were on the end of a road trip. They missed a ton of open threes, a ton of threes that you would expect this Portland team to make. So, did the Magic benefit from three-point luck? Absolutely. It's not like the Magic were burning it from outside either. They were on a back-to-back. So, there's a weird schedule mix of a game. Um, you know, so so some, expect, some, expected, some expected outcomes there. However, down in the fourth quarter, down in winning time, down when the Magic needed to make plays, they largely made them. Franz Wagner scored 15 of his 29 in the fourth quarter, darting through the lane, getting to the basket and finishing at the rim, hitting step back three pointers, getting to his jump, getting to his jump shot and just keeping Portland's defense off balance. Now, this is the part where the team still has to grow. Portland started blitzing screens on both Franz and Paolo to try and get the ball out of their hands. And they're both still very young players, not used to that kind of attention. They struggled a little bit. Um, and so there's, there's always this room for growth. And so even though Orlando built a late 10-point lead, Portland started reeling it back in. And you could certainly argue there were some there were some 
questionable calls and there were some questionable um, questionable things that happened during the course of the game. But, and certainly that Damian Lillard 3, extremely questionable. Damian Lillard 3 with about 24 seconds left, cut the, cut the lead to 1. Credit to Markel Fultz for stepping up and hitting his free throws uh, and, and, and keeping the Magic in the lead, putting them up 3. Portland got three very good looks for three, but the Magic scrambled really, really well, contested those shots, uh, made those shots at least a little bit more difficult, and finally, Anthony Simons missed a three. Uh, uh, it should be noted, Damian Lillard did not take any of those final three, so the Magic did their job to keep the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands. If Jeremy Grant Bruce beats you from three, fine. If Yusuf Narkic beats you from three, fine. If Anthony Simons hits a 25-footer, or you know, 27, 28-footer for three at the buzzer, yeah, fine. Um, but the Magic were significantly more active. They were more focused. They were more poised. And honestly, that's that's where I sit with this group. You know, I said over the summer that, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you'll, you'll hear me say one of my truisms about the NBA. Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. The Magic are not a good team like that yet. Um, I, I said this during the summer. The Magic's ability to pick up wins and the Magic's ability to grow and develop is going to depend on how they play in the fourth quarter. And early in the season, the Magic were in a lot of games and they couldn't win fourth quarters to save their lives. They were getting beat in clutch situations um, and, and that was just going to be what this team was. And it was like, okay, good. Lead the league in clutch situations. Get all that experience. Go through some of the heartache and, and, and understanding of what it takes to win these games. We are seeing now, uh, at this midpoint of the season, a team that is honestly much more mature. A team that is honestly able to take these punches. The Magic giving up a, a what 18-point lead in the first half to be tied at 50. Uh, last year, for sure, Portland wins that game running away. That The game's over in the second half after the Magic give up that lead. Earlier this year, the Magic probably lose this game too. Up by 15, going on a 15, instead the Magic answered with a 15-0 run to open the third quarter. But to see that 15-point lead dwindle down, and, and you know, Portland never took the lead, Orlando did lead wire to wire in this one, um, but to see to see Portland reel that lead back in and Orlando have to kind of fight them off, that took incredible poise. That took some incredible confidence and surety, and, and sure, the Magic didn't always look confident and sure about their offense. I mean, there, there were some horrendous offensive sets. They kind of went into that shell that teams go to late in games where they're just isolating and, and, and playing short pick and rolls instead of running through their offense and, and trying to get a good shot to maintain the lead. But this team still came out on top. This team still fights and battles back. And in, in the most pressure situations, the Magic got the job done. Plain and simple. The Magic got the job done. At the end of the day, all that matters is that final result. Is what it says on the scoreboard at the end. And the Magic were the winners. I believe it was 109-106. I have the box score. We'll get to the box score in a sec. Um, but to me, this was an impressive, impressive showing of the team's poise and late-game execution. And, and, uh, and, uh, and we'll dive more into the numbers on their late-game uh, execution uh, probably in a future episode. We got some uh, midpoint of the season stuff to get to over the next couple of days. And of course, Jonathan Isaac. Um, but... This, this was a game that showed this team's poise. Their first win on the second night of a back-to-back, holding off Portland on the road with the crowd going crazy, 
with their offense in, in kind of tatters toward the end, they got the job done. And there's a lot to learn from. There's a lot to grow from this. But it's a good positive sign for this team. We're going to go over the final box score for this group, and then we're going to chat a little bit about Jonathan Isaac's return. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. Look, it is a big night in the NBA. Wednesday nights are always a big night in the NBA. The manager can be able to kick back and relax, watch it all if they so choose from their hotel rooms in Salt Lake City. Uh, they probably can't play prize picks, but you can play prize picks. Because unlike those other daily fantasy games, you're not going up against a million or thousands, maybe not millions, but thousands of people who, frankly, a lot of them know what they're doing. I remember playing some of those old daily fantasy games, those salary-based daily fantasy games, and just being happy when I won my money back. That's no fun. As, as, as much as you think you might be able to put together the best lineup under the salary cap, it's no fun when you put together a great lineup and half the people in the group also have three, four, five players from that lineup and you're just hoping that that one bench guy that you took a chance on hits big to win the big money. No. Price picks works differently. What you do is you pick two to three, two to five players and an, and, and more or less in their projected numbers. Yesterday was Taco Tuesday. They offered a pa- pa- Paolo Bancaro Taco of 16 and a half points. He obviously was going to hit that. He hit that more very, very easily. The best part with prize picks is you can mix sports. You can take NBA games, NFL games, uh, NHL games, I believe, are also on there. They have pretty much any sport you can think of. You can create the grouping that you're confident in, and the best part is you can win money. Whether you're playing a group of five that gives you money back at three, three correct, four correct, or up to 25 times your money if you get all six of your picks correct. There's no competing against other people. It's really just you versus the projections available. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals is currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida and Canada too. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's go through the final box score as the Orlando Magic defeat the Portland Trailblazers. A big win. It, it, look, look, 
it's rare that the Magic win in Portland. They don't have a lot of them in their history. The 109-106 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Just the shooting numbers really tell a good chunk of the story. Orlando shoots 51.3% from the floor. They were really locked in pretty well offensively for most of the game. Just 9 for 24 from beyond the arc, but that's 37.5%. But that's a far cry from going 11 for 42 like they did Monday. Um, I've, I've seen some people saying, like, the Magic need to take and make more threes. And that might be generally true, but for this team to be successful, they don't need to take a ton of threes. I'm fine. You know, I, I've always kind of said with some of these non-shooting teams the Magic have had, the Magic should be taking about 33-point attempts. Um, I, I think that's kind of the sweet number. I, I, I've upped that to maybe a low to mid-30s. Um, they're going to hit, you know, they're going to hit 11, 12 threes per game. That's, that's kind of their average right now. So 9 for 24 is solid. 20 for 25 from the foul line, that's the bigger number. Again, this team is about getting into the paint, getting to the foul line. So they struggled getting to the foul line. I think they only had 20 free throws in, in the game against Sacramento and 14 of them through the first three quarters. 25 free throws, much more effective driving game, much more effective game for this Orlando Magic team. A, a, a really solid, solid effort there. Orlando with twenty uh, with Franz Wagner, let's start with him. 29 points, 12 for 20 shooting, 2 for 5 from deep, 3 for 4 from the line, 2 assists, 2 steals for him. He, he was really good. Um, you know, I think teams are so... I think Paolo Bancaro still in a lot of headlines, both here in Orlando and I think nationally. He is going to be Rookie of the Year. It, it's, it seems like a foregone conclusion at this point, and we'll get to his game coming up here in a minute. Um, but Franz, Franz just sneaks up on everybody. And, and his fourth quarter, he had 15 points in the fourth quarter. He, it was just, it got to a point where the Magic were like, we're running pick and rolls with Franz. We're going to run pick and rolls with Franz and Wendell every time down the floor. We're going to just bury them. Franz is going to make the right play. He's going to squeeze by defenders. He's going to finish at the rim, it was just, Franz was in his bag, and you could just see that confidence like oozing off of him. Um, this kid is really, really good, and, and teams are going to have to start accounting for him a little bit more if they want to stop this team. Um, but he's just so skilled at getting around defenders once he gets downhill that even if you put a drop on him, even if you try to wall him up, he's going to find a way to get past it. Um, and again, he's, he's still improving as a passer, but he's still a very, very good passer. Uh, he's able to kind of find his holes in his pockets in this game. Paolo Bancaro played 37 and a half minutes in his first tri- first pro game uh, up in the uh, up in the Northwest. A lot of people from his high school at the game. 19 points, 5 for 16 shooting, 8 for 10 from the foul line, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 turnovers, 3 steals. Uh, look, the turnovers don't concern me that much because he is a rookie. Uh, and some of it is... Some of it is that, yeah, Paolo, that, 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 that rap on Paolo, that, that maybe he doesn't bring full intensity all the time, um, is it, certainly there. Um, you know, I, I definitely see part of that. It's not that I don't think he's, he's trying or unfocused or anything, but it's just, you know, just there are a lot of possessions of basketball game, and, and he's involved in a lot of them. So, so not all of them are going to be sharp, and that's something he's going to have to continue to improve. But overall, teams are throwing a lot of double teams at him. Like I said, Franz Wagner's finding a lot of gaps because teams are really putting their focus on stopping Paolo. And, you know, he's getting doubled every time he touches the ball underneath the free throw line. He is getting uh, a third defender usually coming over to, to spy on him uh, in case he gets by that double team. Uh, they, they were blitzing and trapping him on screens at the top of the key. Paolo's having to make some pretty advanced decision-making and reads. Uh, and, and, and look, he's also at a point where he's trying passes that he wasn't trying earlier in the year, and they're good passes, they're good ideas, 
but players aren't ready for them. They're a little too risky, a little too confident with the passing. Um, and so there's a lot that I really like about Paolo's game and a lot that you can just see the hints of everything there. So I, I am not as concerned about the turnovers from Paolo because I, I'm I'm certain that they will get better, that he will he will he will find he, he's going to get better at them and, and, and the things that he's making mistakes with now are not things he's gonna make mistakes with moving forward or after an offseason of a full, you know, deep dive game study. Um he's really, really good. Um and it's just now about understanding what a good shot is, understanding when to impose himself in the game, not settling so much for shots. He was making his step backs, he was making his shots. It's not like he can't make those shots, but knowing when to take those shots, knowing when to attack, knowing when to drive. Uh, all, all that good stuff. Uh, sorry, I'm messing up the camera here. Uh, all that good stuff that that young players have. Frankly, young players have to learn. He's just a young, young, young player. Wendell Carter, I thought he had a really solid game. 20 points, 7 for 11 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep, 10 rebounds, 9 off nine defensive rebounds, 3 assists for him. Um, really tough cover on Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic, 22 points, 10 rebounds. He had 4 offensive rebounds, but 5 fouls as well. Um, Orlando did a good job getting... Uh, Portland's front court in foul trouble. Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, all with five fouls. Um, but Wendell Carter, you know, took that punishment really, really well. Handled himself on the glass really, really well. Um, was able to get inside the paint. Was able to spread the floor, get Yusuf Nurkic away from the basket. That opened up cutting lanes for Franz Wagner. Cutting lanes for the Magic. Driving lanes for Markel Fultz. Wendell Carter is such a big key to this team. Um, he is a really, really strong defender, obviously. Um, he's willing to dish out punishment. And and, and while I, I agree with a lot of fans that he is taking too many three-pointers and is hanging around the perimeter a little bit too much, um, that's that threat of him spreading the floor it, it is a big deal for this team and is a big deal for the, for, for defenses. Um, they do have to take him into consideration. They can't just ignore him out there. Uh, and, and that's really all you want from that. You don't necessarily need him taking a ton of threes. Be more a little bit more selective with his three-point shooting, but he was making them, uh, so, so no complaints there. Uh, Mark finally in the starting lineup, Marco Fultz, 18 points, 7 for 8 shooting, 4 for 4 from the line, including two big free throws to extend the lead to 3, and 7 assists. Um, honestly, that even doesn't describe the, the impact that Marco Fultz has. Uh, I've talked, I, I wrote on, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com after Saturday's win a little bit about the hidden impact that, that Fultz has that, that we don't always see. Um, he, he just makes really good plays. Um, you know, he knows he knows how to control the pace of the game in the Magic's favor. He knows when to speed things up, when to slow things down, and, and always to stay in control. And, you know, Fultz is starting to find his scoring a little bit more. Uh, again, because Wendell Carter was hitting three-pointers, he pulled Yusuf Nurkic away from the basket, uh, and they were able they were able to get themselves going downhill a little. He was able to get himself going downhill a little bit more. That's just such a, that's such a big thing for this team. Um, I... I you know, I, there's very little more I can say about Markel Fultz. Um, you just got to watch him to understand why he's so important to this team. Um, again, it's it's the numbers don't really describe it. The only player uh, I, I got to mention off the bench, um, you know, just just Cole Anthony is getting a lot of heat right now from fans. He's six points, two for six shooting. Um, it, it wasn't a good game for Cole Anthony. Um, you know, defensively, I think he's, you know, again, he's always competed defensively, and I don't think that's a problem. He's always competed defensively, um, but his defense is still a major, major sticking point. Teams are attacking him. He got posterized by Damon Lillard. That's that's not re- really what I'm talking about, but um, he is struggling defensively a lot right now, and his offense is inconsistent. I love Cole Anthony when he attacks the basket. Um, when he could get into the lane, he could get that flip shot, he could get that push shot going. 
He is he is a really good attacker on the basket. Um, the things I don't like are when he acts like the star. And it's not like he can't take some pull-up shots or take some of those jumpers when he's feeling it. Um, but his shot selection, you can tell how the Magic's bench is going to do by whether Cole Anthony is moving the ball whether Cole, or, or whether he's kind of settling for his own shot. Um, and, you know, it's... It, it's it, look, this is a new role for Cole Anthony. Coming off the bench is a new role. The Magic are putting a lot of trust in him, are, are turning the keys over to him. They want him to have this responsibility. And, look, Cole Anthony is more than capable of having this responsibility. So, I would say... You know, this is season to figure out what Cole Anthony's role is. The second half of the season is going to be big for him to kind of learn and understand how to be the sixth man, how to be this 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 pl- type of player the Magic are looking for or need from him uh, to, to be part of this team's future. Essentially, uh, give him give him some time to figure all that out. Um, it, it, it hasn't been smooth. There have been some really good moments, and I would say hold on to some of those and say, hey, he could clearly do it. It's it's clearly something that's in there for him. Um, but this was obviously, I think, a difficult game for him, um, one that, that hopefully he will continue to learn from. The Orlando Magic defeat the Portland Trailblazers 109-106. to They're back in action Friday against Utah Jazz. It'll give us a chance to take a breath. We will, uh, which you can't do in, in, in the Rocky Mountains, apparently, um, but we will talk Jonathan Isaac tomorrow. We'll talk about the midpoint of the season coming up in the next few days as Orlando has passed the midpoint of the season, their record at 16-26. 42 games into this 82-game odyssey. When we come back, Jonathan Isaac will be back on a basketball floor in a competitive environment. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect and this long road back. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to basketball, to plenty more. They've got it all at betonline.net. I know they have the Paolo Bancaro Rookie of the Year odds. Those odds are pretty good that he's going to win it. I think the last time I looked, it was like 2-7. to seven. So if you bet $7, you get 2. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it's that much of a sure thing, guys. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's podcast also brought to you by our friends at TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing, not taxes, a lullaby. Hope, not taxes, sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride, not taxes, into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed. So you can relax. It feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Oh. 
so the Orlando Magic announced on Tuesday that they are assigning Jonathan Isaac to the Lakeland Magic for a, a couple, for at least one rehab game. And, and they have confirmed that Jonathan Isaac will indeed make his competitive return to basketball on Wednesday night against the Westchester Knicks up at the RP Funding Center uh, in Lakeland, Florida, the former Lakeland Center for, for those longtime residents who are like, where, what's the RP Funding Center? Um, this, A, like, this is, just as, just from a human perspective, um, having been around Jonathan Isaac now for a few years, uh, I am just so excited. And I think most Magic fans would say the same. Um, it has been a long, 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 long journey. Um, you know, the number one question I get as a Magic writer, you know, from from people online who, who follow the team, from NBA fans, from family even, is what's the deal with Jonathan Isaac? And to finally see him reach this point where he is stepping onto a basketball floor, where he is playing a competitive game, it's it's honestly just so awesome. This has been a long journey. From January 1st, 2020, when he suffered the lateral corner injury in his knee and had to miss time to, honestly, from my understanding, was pretty close to ramping back up and getting ready to play again when the league went on hiatus for the pandemic in March, to coming back in the bubble, looking really, really good, looking looking really, really sharp, despite missing six months or eight months, and then going down with the ACL in that empty gymnasium and just, you know, how... I've never heard an empty room feel so silent um, than, than, than that evening against the Sacramento Kings. We knew we'd missed the whole 2021 season, but as the 2022 season neared its end, it was, you know, for whatever reason, Isaac's recovery was going slower or the Magic were just, you know, double and triple checking their, their things. And they ran out of time for him to get back in the season. And literally the day they told us that he was done for the season and that he was progressing fine, he injured his hamstring and needed hamstring surgery. All of a sudden, it's been two and a half years since Jonathan Isaac has played on a basketball court, and the caution to make sure that Isaac would be able to handle the stress, to, to make sure that he, you know, he wasn't being rushed back, that he had the conditioning to, uh, to play and to take the physicality of these games, suddenly caution was winning the day, and Isaac was just there waiting, working, doing what he had to do to get back on the floor and just waiting for these final approvals. This is not the final step, of course. Playing for the Lakeland Magic is not the final step. The final step is stepping onto the NBA court on the Amway Center floor with his teammates wearing an Orlando Magic jersey. But Wednesday night is a huge step for Jonathan Isaac and, and one that he, I'm sure he has been waiting for, not for months, but for years. One that I know fans have been waiting for for a long time. You know, The Magic quickly announced that this game was going to be on Bally Sports Sun here in Central Florida, you know, I, I am sure there will be more than a few Magic fans that make the trip, make the hour, about hour, hour and a half trip. It's about an hour, um, depending on Disney traffic, about an, an hour um, trip to Lakeland to see this game and to cheer Isaac on and welcome him back and give him the welcome that that he frankly deserves um, for all the work that he's put in. What to expect tonight? Honestly, it doesn't matter. I don't expect him to score. I don't expect him to rebound. I don't expect him to get blocks. I don't expect him to look like the player he was before. Now, he's played a lot. He's been practicing a lot. So it's not like he's you know being thrown out on the floor like I would be if I were playing pickup because I haven't played pickup since before the pandemic. If you have a run, please invite me. Um, but but um, 
but for for Isaac, just being out there is the win. He will have more time to build upon that. The Lakeland Magic play two games on Friday and Saturday. It's a good chance Isaac's playing in one of those two. Um, there, the, the the Magic come back home after that. They'll have practices Wednesday and Thursday. They play Friday against New Orleans. That feels like a pretty good day for for Isaac to come back. If not, then they play Monday against Bo- they play Monday against Boston. They'll have uh, uh, Wednesday against Indiana. They have a nice little home stretch here coming up after this West Coast road trip. And you know, a couple of road games sprinkled in, but but largely manageable home stretch for Isaac to, to return. The stars are indeed aligning that he is finally going to make his season debut and finally play for the Orlando Magic once again. But tonight, tonight is all about just being out there, absorbing the energy, being on the floor, getting used to the motions all over again in a competitive game. If Isaac doesn't score, he wins. If Isaac scores 20, which he won't, he wins. Um, it's, it's just good to have him back out there. And I think everyone on the Magic is probably going to be watching the game from their hotel room in Salt Lake City. Um, everyone is everyone in the organization is is certainly eager to see this happen. They're certainly happy for Isaac that it is finally happening, and, and we are too. We're going to chat about what we see about from Jonathan Isaac on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. So don't worry, we will get to it plenty here on the show. And again, if you're watching game, don't judge him by his results. Just just treasure the hints of what he can be. And of course, just be happy that he's out there. That's that's the ultimate win. For however long he's out there, just be happy that he's out there. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you're tuning in, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast, so your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, Be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every every game from across the NBA with local analysts, analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Blossom. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.